2: Let's get ready to rumble!
0: Zinger Nation
2: jam-packed show today.
1: How we doing? How we doing? Welcome back, Zinger Nation, to another episode of Power Hour. Happy Friday. We made it to another Friday. Got a long weekend coming up, so unfortunately for us traders, no trading on Monday. Unless, of course, you're trading uh, crypto, right, Spencer? Uh, in, bond. in bonds. And bonds, yep. Yeah. Um, So Spencer, the biggest thing on on my radar today, the biggest news I've seen so far, which I'm sure you covered on pre-market prep, um, apologies for not tuning in this morning. Sometimes Friday mornings for me, I'm I'm not able to tune in. Um, But the jobless claim, or not jobless claims, but positions added. uh, 720,000 was the number that was expected uh, for jobs added in August. And the number that came in, first that 720,000. 720,000 was 235,000. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was a big miss. And yet, after all that, if you uh, what chart is this up? We got the spy. spy. Okay, can, it, we, can we can we zoom in here? Let's let's bring up a chart. Uh, you want to
1: do a year, uh, a daily?
2: Uh, no, I want to do a uh, a, a one minute chart and I want to go to the chart, actually, the chart feature here. Okay, front. I'm on the let's go uh, to the one minute. Let's do this. The, the white background I find easy, easy, easier to read. So, here's a one minute oh, yeah. in the spy. Okay. So, a, after all this, we're actually not that far off from where we were, where we started the day at before the jobs number. Before the jobs number, right when it hit, we were at 453.83. So, we're basically down like a dollar today, which, all things considered, is actually not that big a deal for how big a miss that was. Um, it would not shock me for a second if we rally into the close and close green today. Would not shock me for a second. As it stands now, though, we're down in the we're down in the overall market. We're down in almost every sector um, except for uh, technology, um, and it's where things stand. But but you know, holiday weekend coming up, I, I I can easily see a scenario where we just decide to and the day unchanged or even in the green.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100%, Spencer. But on that note, I would I would say I wouldn't be surprised at all too if there's a tiny little sell-off into the close um, and, and we end up down a you know, percent or so on SPY. I don't think either scenario would shock me in the slightest with the way the markets have been. Talk a lot about, I talk a lot about NVIDIA. It's one of my favorite all-time stocks ever. It's in my long-term portfolio. NVIDIA is up about Four bucks last time I checked. Let's do another check in on it. Nvidia's up, yeah, four four dollars and seventy four cents, so about two percent. I mean, this stock just continues to keep ripping after that split.
2: Yep, I'm also watching. The biggest mover of the day uh, is KPLT, Catapult Holdings. This is a another like fintechy buy now pay later type of thing right so i did buy myself some affirm yesterday but catapult i does kind of something similar i believe and this thing has gone uh, as a three four big up days in the last five uh it is your t- it is my top gainer this morning on my and pro scanner tool you can see it up there up 20 almost 24 percent. so i'm watching kplt today as my as, as just to see just sort of a, you know if you can go back to the chart here for a second just to see if we can fill the gap. So, like, what what, what what's the fifty percent uh, of the move, right? So we, the low of this candle was uh, nine thirty two, and we're and we uh, are at six eighty four, and and the gap was w- started at. So we went nine thirty two to five eighty eight, uh, and we're at six eighty four. So we're not quite fifty percent of the move of, of the way there yet. But if we, can, if we can get there, I'm pretty sure that coincides with the uh, 50-day moving average right there on the screen. So if we can get to that 50-day, then, yeah, maybe, maybe I see $9 in our future for catapults. So watching that today.
1: And uh, I don't know anything about this company, Spencer. Do they produce and manufacture catapults?
2: We should be so lucky, AB. If you don't know anything about a company, you can just go into the overview tab in Menzinger Pro, scroll down. It says it right there. On the Channel Lease Purchase Platform, aka Buy Now Pay Later, um, e-commerce company focused on fintech. It's 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 the same thing that Affirm does.
1: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at Pro.Benzinga.com.
2: Hey,
0: Mr. Kost, how are we doing on this Friday? Good to see you. Well, thank you, Aaron. I'm not cool enough for that that kind of bumper. Intro.
1: I think intro. you are. I think Probably. you more. I think you more than meet the criteria needed for yes. that intro. <laughs>
0: well, it's good to see you both. Happy Friday, Spencer. Happy it's week. a treat to be able to see you. Happy uh, Friday twice in a,
2: in a week. Thank, thank yeah. you, Tim. Tim, I want to ask you. We always talk about like events and how events play out from the yep. market structure side of things. We have an event. uh Monday in the, in that it's it's an off day.
0: Right. So
2: how do off days days when the market is closed how how do how does that kind of affect the market? Maybe the day before like like today, or maybe right. the days after.
0: Right. Great. Great question. Uh, it, it, it it may depend, but a good rule of thumb is that if there's a long weekend, money that has short horizons is going to take pr- protective measures. Not too, you know, that didn't, I don't have to be too, too smart to figure that one out. Uh, it's a logical thing that in, the, in markets where things change rapidly that you would hedge yourself. So what does that mean? Uh, well, if you're, if you're a trader and you are going to hold something over a three-day weekend, you want to hold things that are unlikely to be impacted severely by the unexpected. You just never know. And so hedge funds are going to do that. Hedge funds are definitely going to uh, either put in protective positions, or uh, or or use derivatives, or short the market. Something that will help them uh, have a have a protective cushion if things change. I can tell you that the the folks at Millennium. So yeah. one of the one of the largest hedge funds, they have roughly fifty different internal funds that compete with each other, and uh, they have a five percent cutoff. The, if if, you, if you, your positions are down five percent, the the mothership will step in and wipe you out, just exit you. So if there's a long weekend, you can imagine that there's a hedge for a five percent move in the market.
2: All right. That's this. That's a shorter leash than I've got, which I guess is something about my risk, my risk tolerance. Um, so p- protective puts. Mm-hmm. I, I keep hearing about that, Tim, and I'm not. I guess you're free to do it. Everyone's free to do what they want, but I. Right. I, I I I can't imagine that uh, they're going to be worth anything here <laughs> when, they, when 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 we get to expiration. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you raise a
0: great point, point. and I caught just a just a piece of your discussion there with Aaron about. Uh, I think Aaron, you had calls, and and you mentioned time decay. Those things are very uh, for for options. I think not just for options traders. They're important concepts to understand about uh, how stocks may move when 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 companies report results. A lot of that has to do with time decay and an opportunity for somebody who has muscle to buy a lot of uh, options that are out of the money and then move the market. There, there are aspects of market structure that have to be understood in order to do that, uh, but, but, it, but it, can, it can happen. And of course, keep in mind that 90% of options uh, expire without ever having been, been used. And, and principally, the, the, the professionals who are trading them are hoping to simply sell them to somebody else. That's the whole point, particularly if you have the enormous firepower that uh, that a, a, a fast moving hedge fund would have. You can move prices. Look, i I can occasionally move prices. I'm a tiny little guy. But if I put in market orders in certain stocks uh, like Summit Summit Materials, which I which I currently own. Uh, my marketable trades uh, for more than $3,000 will move that price materially because a marketable trade cannot be front-run by a high-frequency trader. So it's going to have to move to wherever the liquidity is. It's the rare time I might actually execute a trade as a retail trader on you, the NYSE.
2: You used a, a term there, marketable okay. trade. Explain, yep. explain what that means. I think people maybe, maybe heard that word, but they don't know what that it means something special. Thank
0: you. I do this to public companies uh, or I do this to speakers who, who yeah. talk about market structure all the time. Yeah. Don't use jargon. You have to explain the terms. Yeah. So it's a very important traders to understand there are only two kinds of trades. That's it. They're either marketable or non-marketable. What does that mean? A marketable trade means that it's I, it, there can be marketable limit orders. If the limit is within the spread between the bid to buy and offer to sell. Again, one, one of the things I consider market structure 101 for traders is to understand that all stocks in the national market system, I'm not talking about over-the-counter, uh, there are different rules for the 350 companies or so that trade on the NYSE American market. That is not part of the national market system. Uh, but those that are on the NYSE and the NASDAQ national market system, the NASDAQ NMS, Those stocks all have to trade between the best bid to buy and offer to sell. And they're not going to be, they can never be the same, right? That's that, believe it or not, when you, so you go in a grocery store, you pay the price that's on the product, right? So the weird thing in the stock market is that will never be true. You're always going to pay something different than the price on the product because of the bid to buy and offer to sell. So Anything between these two is a marketable trade, whether it's a limit or whether I put in a market order. Uh, And so then things that lie outside of the best bid to buy or offer to sell are non marketable trades because the likelihood they execute is significantly lower. So if you put in a limit uh, like I did last week to buy uh, or to sell Apple at 155, an algo managed limit order at 155, where did the price go? 154.98 never got there, right? Because I hate, I hate that. Well, and there's a reason, and it's very important to understand this traders when you're, and Gary Gensler mentioned this, this week, you know, P I say this and I get attacked by Doug Sifu from Virtu on Twitter, <laughs> uh, but it's true. No offense, Doug, if you're listening to this, I really like him. He's a, he's a very good guy and a very he, bright he's not,
2: guy. He's not watching this. So. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't, Doug Sifu is the CEO of virtue. <clears throat> so, uh, so the, if your trade is a limit order and it is being sold by your broker dealer to somebody else to execute, that party knows before the trade occurs where it's sitting. They know exactly where the prices are. So if a market maker who is purchasing those trades says, well, I've got all of these orders at 155 and I got nothing to offset it, I'm never going to take the price to 155. I'm going to keep it just below that because there's too much risk for me. I paid a price for those trades and it's my intention to profit on having bought them from Robinhood or wherever, I'm an Interactive Brokers customer, mm-hmm. uh, so and I pay a commission of about a dollar and a you know dollar oh five something like that because I want to see where my trade goes. I want my I want my trade to have a chance to meet somebody other than a high frequency trader, if it's possible. Not always possible, so that's important to understand. You should know as a trader you will be heavily encouraged to use limit orders. And I'm not knocking it. There, there, you see, when you use market orders, there is more risk. You are going to accept that the market can move on you. Uh, so there are pros and cons, but you should be an informed trader. So the, the broker dealer is going to encourage you to use limit orders. Why? Because they sell them. All right. That's why. All right. They want you to have a limit order so they can make money on it. If they're giving you a free trade, they want to sell your order. If you put in a marketable trade, they can't sell it to somebody, all right? So, so they are going to encourage you to do that. And if you use market orders, you're going to get nasty little scolding emails from your broker saying, we see that you are using marketable trades, market orders. And uh, we want to tell you that this is a very, this is very risky social behavior so you should know that i I,
2: I wish i could remember uh the i I put i threw out a a stop loss order today right uh a a market order right yep and i wish i could remember the message that i got the warning i got uh from from, i use fidelity but it was it was in the same vein it was um it was uh you've entered a stop loss order I, I don't know all the reasons they could go wrong basically <laughs> right. Right. yep um, and I was like okay confirm 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 <laughs> that's exactly I have to do it
0: every single time right I also, I also don't use market data so I'm warned repeatedly by my broker you are trying to trade without logging into market data well yeah. I I don't do that I'm you know I'm a sophisticated market user I'm not encouraging you to do that uh, you have you have to know what you're doing but uh, there are reasons for all of these things. There are, and and it's if we're going to be informed, educated traders who have a chance to compete with the professionals who understand all the things that we've just talked about here. Uh, you should know them too. So,
2: Tim, last one before I, I got to hop. How do you feel okay. about how, how do you feel about um, stops, stop orders, right? Do you use them? Do you use mentals, physical? I personally, I
0: very rarely use them because I use market structure edge, right? So I know, I know what the supply demand balance is. So the only time that I would use a stop is if I believe I'm on the wrong side of the supply demand balance. If I'm not, I'm going to trust supply and demand over any other thing, but look, I'm not encouraging others to do what I do. Uh, I've been doing this a long time.
2: All right. I have to hop on that note at 1230 and I'm two minutes late for, uh, uh what i was planning on doing right now but uh if you have tickers tickers for tim drop them in the chat A, B, and him we'll we'll bring it up on the marketing structure we
0: we could talk about palantir one of the favorites and what it it, where opportunity may be returning to palantir when it's long been gone
2: all right tim i will not see you next week but everyone else will i'll see you in two weeks have a good one sir you you too
0: spencer good to see you all right enjoy the long weekend
1: Beautiful. Um, all right, Tim. Yeah. If you want to get market structure edge pulled up, we can go ahead. I I know we, uh, you know, you sent me some stocks we should talk about too. I think zoom and DocuSign were on there. We've seen a lot of interest in those stocks as well. Um, and then we we have some stocks flying in the chat. Um, so we can check those out on market structure as well.
0: Okay. So let's go over here. Um, and I'm going to back out of this and save this. Um, so, and I might mention, if, you're, if you tune into uh, pre-market prep, of course, the market is closed Monday. So, I'm going to be on Tuesday. So, it'll be a weird market structure Tuesday. Uh, but if you are a regular doing that, uh, that's where we'll be this week. Also, Aaron, we should mention this. So, if you want to understand how to use supply and demand, which is the core thing we think about. See this on my screen here? Demand and supply. This is the core of Market Structure Edge, and I'll explain it briefly. But we're doing a Benzinga boot camp on 9-11. To, to, I mean, it's a very important day. What better way to, to market by uh, recognizing the great power of the American free market system, which is reflected in the stock market? And we'll talk about how to beat, buy, and hold by understanding supply and demand and applying it to your your trading strategies. You don't have to take risk, you don't have to be uninformed, you don't have to guess, you can chuck the charts, just to understand supply and demand. And so uh, that's my plug for, for both of us. Benzina there go. and Market Structure Edge on September 11, uh, don't miss the bootcamp. Uh, it's a great educational experience. If you're learning and you wanna become good at navigating a complex market uh, uh, environment, ecosystem, it's a great place to, to be.
1: Yeah, 100%. And Spencer and I were kind of actually joking about this yesterday. I I was like busy on a call from 3.30 to 4 Eastern time. So the market closed and I was looking at the charts and I was like, wait, why did, uh," I think it was like Dow more so than maybe the other indices, but like had a huge spike up the last 30 minutes of trading. And I was like, what happened here? And Spencer was like, I don't know. I was like more buyers than sellers. He was like, yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Would that it were. It's really, you know, it's one of the, that we joke about this all the time because my background is in uh, what's called investor relations. So that is a, that's the term that is applied to the the office or department at public companies. You know, so I've got uh, this set of companies on the screen here. So there's a head of IR for investor relations for Zoom. And that person is the liaison to Wall Street. So that person guides interaction with the sell side, the analyst firms like Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley and down Raymond James and Evercore and folks like that who write research on, on stocks. And so somebody is responsible for that relationship at a public company and that's investor relations. And uh, and then with the investors, which is called the buy side. There's the buy side that buys stocks and the sell side that sells them. And the sell side supports it with research and banking and market making and the buy side now increasingly does its own work. But that's my background. So I, I've spent 26 years in that profession providing data principally to it. I've been an investor relations officer uh, and I provided data, but it's it's uh, you know we we joke all the time that there are you know why is the stock down today? Well, more sellers than buyers. Why is it way? Why are we outperforming our peers today? More buyers than sellers, uh, and I wish it were true. That the truth of the matter is, al- almost half of all market volume is borrowed. It's it is that's the supply chain. So in fact, looking at this portfolio called a Power Hour today. Uh, it is comprised of, if we, if we scroll down here, we'll see that there are six companies in this portfolio. Uh, and here's the, if you take the composite of the portfolio, here's the demand chart, and here's the supply chart. And generally, when they're moving opposite, that's good news for prices. If demand is rising and supply is falling, prices should rise. And you're seeing this in the economy, right, where there are supply chain interruptions. And what's happening to prices? They rise. Uh, the, that, that's how, that's how economies work. And, uh, the stock market is no different. It's just harder to understand what demand is and what supply is because of the way that the market works.
1: Uh, Definitely. So. Um, all right, Timmy. yeah. Why don't we go through just off this list, zoom, DocuSign, or sorry, zoom, Palantir, DocuSign. Uh, we'll start with those three.
0: Okay. So, and I told the crew at, uh, on a pre-market prep show Monday, uh, to avoid Zoom. Don't, don't buy Zoom. because They'll probably have very good results. But if we look at the supply-demand uh, equation, this is looking just at 30 trading days, and I can expand that out. In fact, let's do it. I like to look at 90 uh, trading days. So the stocks tend to do better. It's, there are always exceptions to the rule when demand represented by the green part of the chart is above five. We just have a 10 point scale. It's an algorithm that meters trade executions by behavior. What is active stock picking doing? What is passive investment? That's quants, indexes, ETFs. What are they doing? High speed traders who consume retail order flow, what are they doing? People using derivatives, what are they doing? We can measure all of that very discreetly. And the confluence of those behaviors creates supply and demand. So we can see that. So here, you know, Zoom did great until demand began to decline and supply began to rise. Here's where it there's a huge glut of supply in the market, and, and Zoom has not really recovered from that since. So here's what was happening happening right above, right ahead of results. The demand side was rising, but not very well. It's a week, It's like trying to accelerate up a hill in a Yugo. I'm, you're probably too young to even know what a Yugo is. Go look up them on. Go to YouTube and look up Midas ad Ugo. It's really funny, I but will, uh, I'll do that. <laughs> it's very, very. Let's jump the bridge. You'll you'll <laughs> see what I'm talking about. So weak, weak, uh, a weekly rising demand, but supply that is rising faster than that is not generally good for price. I'd look at that and say, well, no, I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> and sure enough, it went down. It's not. I don't care what they they're reporting. All I care about is the supply demand equation. It will be a much greater uh pr- determinant of outcome than people's than how how stocks perform relative to expectations. This whole idea of earnings versus expectations is a an, an arbitrage strategy. It's not motivating investment behavior. Investors who are well informed we'll we'll have a very good idea what Zoom is going to report because they model outcomes. They're tracking the fundamentals of that business. They're probably looking at the supply chain and and distribution channels for Zoom to say, well, how, how do those things look? They're gonna know a fair amount. What they don't tend to know is exactly this, supply and demand. So that's why Zoom was down. Weak demand, rising supply, stock's gonna go down. So now let's look at DocuSign. So DocuSign, much better equation and it's part of the reason why the stock is way up today. Now, it may not last. We'll see. So here's demand. Demand actually peaked yesterday. And you can see that's a, you know, the, the, the reading on this, uh, I, have to, I think I have to, where is it right here? I just missed it. So it's nine. So, you know, if it's nine out of 10 and peaked, that well, that's very strong. And what's the trend line on supply? Falling. I, I tweeted that it's probable that DocuSign has gains. I didn't think they'd be as good as they are. (laughs) Matter of fact, they're better than I expected. But again, the supply-demand equation will tell you what to expect. Then pager duty, the pager duty is awesome. This was was fairly predictable to say you have demand slamming into the ceiling, way more demand than supply. Supply is well below that trend line. Uh, So if demand is strong and supply is, is less than what it should be, price can really move on those conditions. And sure enough, it did. So if you're trading things, this is a good reason to use edge, you can try it for free, don't need a credit card. uh, Before you know, try it sometime before earnings, you know, it's got a set of companies, you can do it for two weeks, uh, that you want to track into earnings, give it a try. Uh, And look at them before they report. If you see this kind of condition, there's a high probability that it produces good returns. If demand is weak and supply is high, realize that the likelihood, no matter how good they report, uh, is that the price will go down.
1: Sorry about that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, there was something else I was supposed to look at. Uh, It was uh,
1: uh, Zoom, DocuSign, and Palantir.
0: Palantir. Okay, so let's look at Palantir. One of the one of the great Reddit mob favorites. One of the you know one of the, the great favorites of day traders. And let's back this up too, and and let's go all the way back six months and look at what's been happening. So you know for a, for quite a long time, Palantir struggled, and it's clear in the data why. Uh, this looks like the, you know, the coast off of Thailand near Phuket. <laughs> there there are a lot, there are peaks, but then there are big, deep, uh, you know, uh, big, deep seas. And so Palantir was spending more time below five than above it. You could capture maybe little short term gains in there. Uh, but if, if the stock is struggling to stay above five, it's very unlikely that you're going to have gains no matter how good the news is. So uh, looking looking at the whole thing here, supply and demand, demand on top, supply underneath, here was a pretty good turning point. So as this excess supply began to come down and demand increased, wham, we took off running. And the whole time that it stayed above five, it was great. As soon as it peaked and supply began to increase here, uh, yeah, and you could see that, right? I, at 10, and if short volume returns to trend, I'm probably gonna leave. Uh, even it could still go up, but um, that's a pretty good game. Then I wait for it again to, to rise above five. And look at this, supply gets below the trend line, stock returns to five. Now we have chances for gains again. And look, they continue. At this moment, with, uh, with short volume a little below trend and demand above five, it's likely that Palantir continues to deliver gains. That's how you wanna use it. Uh, it, it it's, it's a simple thing. You don't have to look at a stock chart and try to figure out what's going on. Uh, Just look at supply and demand. It's the simplest thing in the world. You just need a good way to see it. And we've created a way to see that. Not perfect. There's no perfect system because uh, things can change outcomes. There are two things that we talk about all the time. Month ends, because there are huge futures and options contracts used by indexes to true up tracking that expire on the last trading day of the month. So either side of that, the banks behind them are going to hedge and the, the indexes and ETFs are going to offload their risk. Well, that will distort outcomes as it, as will happen about the third Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, thereabouts. I look at about five days each month when options expire and new ones trade. Once again, there are these, the, this turbulence that can arise because the things that you can't see are occurring. Derivatives, most derivatives transactions are off market. So then you see the consequence in the equity market. Well, we advise just avoid those. Take your money off the table, go through the five days, put it back in, depending on what broad sentiment is telling you. It's a great way to avoid getting trampled by the herd. And it's paid off time and time again. You look at April, May, June, July, August, all of them had a dip during options expirations that if you avoid, you're that much ahead. Right. If you avoided a two, three, five percent decline, then that adds to your returns, and you can continue on. That's how you beat the market.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I find this stuff fascinating. I put the link in the chat for the website in case anyone wants to go check it out further. Tim, I believe there is uh, some sort of a Benzinga. Um, thing on there if, if you is there a place they can say they're from benzinga
0: after you do a two-week after you do a two-week trial and it expires ask us for the benzinga special and we'll uh, hook you up
1: yeah there you go that's that insider deal <laughs> exactly um, and, and palantir i mean this is one that's just so fascinating to me because we hear it we see it every day in the chat people love trading it yep i gotta be honest with you tim i still want to know what the company does
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so one of the uh Great in uh, you know data security firms, uh, principally serving the government. Uh, you know they have big government data contracts.
1: Right. I, I know they. I know that a lot of their revenue is dependent on getting these big government contracts, um, and so and you they know, still they, lose
0: money. They you know they're not making money. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know it's just so funny because it's like yeah. people are like, yeah, it's the public version of a. Uh, you know, like spy net or, you know, something from, uh, right, <laughs> right. of, you know, it's like, it's, um, but yeah, it's yeah. one that we look at all the time. I wonder, um, I'm seeing a lot of, of okay. people clamoring in the chat for BBIG. I don't know if that's on your site yet. Um, uh, and let's check. I don't, if,
0: I don't know necessarily if it is. Oh, it is. Okay. So it is. Let's go check that. Anybody else that I should add?
1: Um, I mean, I'm always interested in Tesla. I mean, yep, I, I would that. like to do a Tesla after that. So, okay. um, Let's yep. do it.
0: Okay, so let's go to BBIG. By the way, and you can you know you can isolate by ticker. I'm just going to come down here and look at it. There it is on the bottom. Uh, so so it, by the way, looking across here, look at this. These are the core data points that we think about. So if it's 10 out of 10, 10 point scale, we know that demand is slamming into the ceiling. So then we really want to look at supply because we know demand's good. Uh, and so that it'll say topped if it spends more than a day at, at after having risen, it will tell you it's topped. Doesn't mean it's going to fall. That you know we can always backtest data. We have a fantastic backtesting engine to tell you what has happened under these conditions previously. Doesn't necessarily mean it will happen again, but it gives you a very good idea. But look at this short volume. The supply side is over half of the trading volume. So fifty-seven percent of trading volume. In uh, Vinco Ventures, which is BBIG, so it's you know it's a short form video spec. I think it's how do you say that? Is it your 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 folks in chat may know? It's Lomitov. Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. So this will tell you. Uh, here's the last price that was left yesterday. Not real time data. I, we don't trade price. We trade sentiment. Price is capricious. Price is out to fool you. Some machine is out to trick you. So don't, be, don't pay too much attention to price. Trades about $2,000 at a time. Market cap, $523 million. Key leading behavior is Citadel, Virtu, uh, Two Sigma, Quant Lab, Jane Street, Tower Research, Infinium, GTS. These are firms that trade their own books, and they're very good at it. They know market structure just like we do. So they know uh, there's a big demand, and they're front running it. And at the moment, I actually look at this and say, it's probably not terrible. Let's uh, let's back it up as far as we can. Well, okay. so here's a good look. Here's here's the demand side. And, you know, if you bought the rise over five, that's really your entry point. Uh, The reason that it didn't rise right away is the supply side. So demand rises above five price declines because the supply side also rose above that dotted line for the trend. And it's been there. But demand continued to rise, so it's pushed it to a peak. The reason it's retreating is because of the supply side. Now it may bounce back up if this tails down a little bit. You can hang around if demand begins to weaken. Get out. That's telling you, you know. And, you, and I trade meme stocks periodically, but never without knowing the supply and demand, because otherwise you're just gambling. You're just taking a chance with no idea what's going to happen to you. I traded a GameStop last week. Made made a nice profit in it. For me, a gain of 4% in a day or two is great. That's what I'm after. You keep stacking that and you get a very nice return. And so you want to make sure though that you don't get caught out. It, you could Price could be up and you have no idea that short volume has surged 15% day over day and demand has stalled and you're going to get slaughtered. That's how it happens. Uh, don't, don't, you know, take gains, not chances. That's what I always like to say.
1: So I know there are a couple different factors, but what typically causes the supply to rise in in an individual stock?
0: Well, that is a fantastic question, Aaron, because it goes to something that I, once again, I think all traders should understand. So supply is borrowed stock in, in many cases. That's what we're measuring down here. We're measuring uh, the, the percentage of daily trading coming from borrowed shares. And there are FINRA puts this data out. The NASDAQ and the NYSE sell this data. Uh, the SIBO uh, provides it through FINRA. And then we use modeling techniques in addition to that. So there's raw data and then modeling techniques that we've used it since it began to be published in 2009. So we know this data very, very well. So how can there be that much borrowed stock in the market. Well, it's part of the SEC's plan to have what's called a continuous auction market. Why is it that there is 100 shares of everything avail- available at the bid and the offer? If you can look at you know level two quotes, you're going to see there are quotes. Well, what if there are no buyers or sellers? How could there be a quote? Well, if you're a registered market maker, you are required to quote at the bid and the offer. Now, you could be outside the best bid and offer, but you're going to do that. The SEC exempts market makers, uh, so that's everybody from Morgan Stanley to Citadel and Virtu and QuantLab and Two Sigma and GTS and Infinium and Jane Street and Tower Tower Research and so on, from Reg SHO, which are the rules that the regulations that govern govern shorting, Rule 203B that says you have to locate stock before you can borrow it. The the market makers came to the SEC when they implemented Regulation National Market System and said awesome that you want to have this hundred shares of everything available all the time, but it's impossible. We can't do it. We wrote a blog about this by the way, this week, and you could see it at market structure edge. It's called Gensler's gambit. And it's about uh, this continuous auction. Interesting. And so, yeah. So the, because he's questioning payment for order flow, whole other discussion, but this is an important concept folks. So stay with me. So the sec said, okay, we get that. If there are no buyers and sellers uh, then how can there be a quote at 100 shares. And what if you you want to buy 100 shares, but no one's willing to sell 100 shares? Well, the the laws permit a market maker to just sell them to you, even if none exist. That's the exemption from that rule. And that is what you see down here. So when there are 10,000 orders to buy BBIG coming out of Robinhood and no sellers, Citadel and the rest of the group are going to create enough shares to fill all those orders. That's how the price goes up then they have a responsibility later within 36 days to offset that liability with an asset. It can be They can be covering all of those shares or it could be replacing it. I could just go long Apple to offset it in equal value. So those distortions can continue. It's another reason why you have to understand this. It's not a short squeeze. Short squeezes happen and we'll see them in the data. There are very distinct dips in the short volume side of the equation, but most of the time, contrary to popular belief and the belief of the meme stock traders, they're not squeezing folks. In most cases, they squeezed Melvin. There are some less sophisticated hedge funds that make these mistakes. Most don't. They'll swap away their exposure. Uh, but that's the truth. It doesn't require high short interest to have a meme stock condition. All it re- requires is a supply demand imbalance that triggers this exemption from the short locate rules and. And market makers come along and and, and create shares. And it works best, by the way, in stocks that have lower shares per trade. Much harder to do in Tesla because it trades $14,000 at a time. With Vinco Ventures only trading $2,000 at a time, heck, if I bought $200,000 of it, I'm moving the stock. Right? doesn't take that much. It's going to move. Much harder to do with Tesla. And let's finish there, Aaron. So go into Tesla
1: you read you my know, mind
0: <laughs> and we'll we're, I know we're right up against it here and you, you probably have wrap-up comments. look at Tesla the reason why it's done well here recently is once again rising demand against a flat or or slightly deficient supply side. The supply chain is a little bit behind and the demand side's been very good. now it's just about run its course It's at 10 so if, you know if you chase this you're not going to get much more and I certainly wouldn't chase it over the weekend. Don't buy it right before a three-day weekend. Wait till we get past Labor Day because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if we come back uh, Tuesday and this short line has jumped way above trend, it's over. The run's going to be over. You want to see here how great this was? Steep demand slope and weak supply, price is going to move. And you can make a very nice gain. And then as soon as that begins to falter and short volume jumps way above trend, get out and then come back when the opportunity presents itself. You don't have to buy and hold is buying and holding is risky. Time is risk because you don't know what lies ahead. So if you take your money off the table, put it back when the odds are in your favor, demands good supplies weak, and those things equalize, take your money off the table, pick something else. That's what you do. You repeat that over and over and you can succeed in a market that is built around short-term behavior. That's what I've got, Aaron.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love this stuff because I think, Myself included with a lot of other retail traders, don't even consider a lot of this information when making our trades. Right. When um, not only should we be considering it, but we should be, you know, implementing this in our process when we're, when we're making the trades. Um, so I, I love having you on be able to get this insight, especially from someone like yourself who understands it so thoroughly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating that you've been able to make this data like readily available in a very way that's easy to, to understand visually on the website.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It is, there's nothing else like it in the market. So, uh, the edge mob has an edge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you, do you track ever like, you know, for, for instance, like the edge mobs trades or, or, or maybe your own trades you're making based off this data?
0: We we don't because we because you can't trade with this platform. You can only make decisions. It's a decision support platform. Could we look at the data for about what people profile? You know the profiler is the back testing engine. Absolutely, uh, and and we could do that. We can make that available. Uh, we do all kinds of things though. We will we continue to add math in dynamic portfolios that will do this for you. So we say. Uh, You know, liquid up stocks, stocks that are highly liquid, that have rising demand in the best sectors and stable or falling supply. Look, we're going to aggregate that for you. It's very we do that dynamically. And I I was uh, working with our young uh, mathematician, Nate, uh, who who runs statistical analysis to say, well, what's the probability that if you buy rising sentiment and say NVIDIA that you make three percent in three days? I want to know that probability. By the way, that probability is 52%. <laughs> so wow, that's a little bit, little bit better than the coin flip, but we want better math than that even. But we're doing that stuff all the time. And as we come across things that are beneficial to the edge mob, we're going to add that to the platform.
1: Got it. Well, yeah, thank you again, Tim, for coming on next week. We will have you on... Uh power hour again as well as get technical so zinger nation out there do not miss that we'll be able to get more insights on some different tickers whatever's moving next week we'll
0: have new stuff new material
1: there you go hex Hex in the chat is saying this opened my eyes back in june when i first heard tim um so yeah i mean myself included hex it's very eye-opening and uh yeah tim enjoy your long weekend
0: you guys too thank you very much see you aaron
1: bye tim all right, y'all. That was Tim Quast of Market Structure Edge. The link is in the chat and description. I'll throw that up one more time. You get a free two-week trial as well as a Benzinga discount if you, if you decide to go ahead and then uh, subscribe to the service after the trial. Um, let me throw that link in there one more time. I'll throw my portfolio back up. We'll do a check-in on that sheesh, down about 70 bucks now. I I don't know. I might just bomb out of all these contracts. I don't really like holding options contracts over a long weekend, um, but I also don't like taking losses. So, let's see what SoFi's doing. Okay, SoFi. Uh, Someone in the chat was asking if if Sam had news, if Boston beers. Is there a reason why? I don't know if the stock is moving or not. Let's check in on that, see if there's any news here. Um, And we see this little leg up here. I don't know if that's why someone was asking if there was news, but this stock's been a dog the past couple months. I actually went in and bought some based on, uh, you know, I liked something there with the the financials, the fundamentals, and it seemed like a bunch of analysts were rating it to to come higher. So uh, I don't mind this, but I, since I've gotten into it, it hasn't been a good trade. So let me know y'all's y'all's thoughts on uh, on Boston Beer. And let's see, we got about two minutes left. So if there's any other tickers, you know, someone wants to check in on, let me know we can get to to one more ticker, but we do have get technical starting up here in just a moment. Um, I'll be hopping over with Neil. We got a nice show today. We actually have a a guest from Zinger nation joining us, Captain Cappy. So excited for that. We'll get miles on. We're going to tease a new product we're doing. Oh, Sam is trending on Twitter. I mean, if, if, if people on social pick it up, Alright, let's do uh Luis wants AVPT. This will be the last stock we look on. Look at on power hour today. uh nice day so far for Av point up about. So this is what I always do. I always, you know, start with the one-day chart, see how it's reacting today. And then I, I want to go further out. I want to see like the year chart, how it looks. Okay, so on the year chart, we can see the stock was previously trading at a high of about sixteen ninety five. It's come down a lot since then, but for the past, since August 19th, we've seen some strength back in the stock. Um, I don't even know what this company does. Let's see. Operates digital, provides data. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I think this level right here and I'm, all, I'm just on Robinhood right now, so it's not a very sophisticated chart. So I'd need to look at it on TradingView or on Benzinga Pro. Um, it looks like we're at a very important important part in the chart right here. Like, Will they pass through this previous resistance and support? And it looks like if we do, we can run all the way up to 1160. Uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we hit this and start losing some momentum. People start taking profits and selling off. All right, that is enough from me today. We will go over to Get Technical. As I said, it's a very big show today. Do not miss out. Um, yeah. Pumpkin spice beer. The problem is Sam, you have so many desperate bag holders. Yeah. I mean, Sam got wrecked on the truly slowdown. That is true. All right, y'all peace and love y'all get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.